I'm not even sure if sponsoring your own podcast is a thing, but we're going to give it a go for the remainder of this series because She Can, She Did has just launched the UK's first ever benefits programme curated for and by self-employed women in the UK. And so I wanted to use this opportunity to tell you all a little bit about it. The new She Can, She Did Benefits programme provides all self-employed women, female founders and freelancers with access to the health and financial benefits that come hand in hand with a corporate career, like pensions, health insurance, gym memberships, eye care, etc, etc, plus a whole host of additional fashion, beauty, well-being, parenthood and lifestyle incentives too, with over 60 plus brands on board and counting, including the likes of Pure Gym, Hiscox, Penfold and Vision. Express on the more traditional benefits front, to the likes of Esper, Bloom and Wild, Higher Street, to Hello Fresh and Oh Mama on the ultimate rewards front. For just £5.99 per month, you will gain access to a whole host of exclusive benefits and rewards to support both your business and your life, which, let's face it, will become all the more important as we all try and navigate the uncertainty that the coming months present. Plus, all members benefit from weekly online events with industry experts at no extra cost too, along with many, many more perks of the programme. Visit shecanshedid.com for more details if you're interested, or of course, feel free to just click on the link in this episode's show notes. I feel like Cheryl when I say the next bit, but here goes. She can, she did. Your resilience rewarded. everyone and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast, aka the podcast that shares the honest realities of what female founders in the UK push through behind the scenes, warts and all of course, to not just launch but run, grow and sustain their businesses to date. If we haven't met yet, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did slash the one asking the questions throughout this chat. Now, a few weeks ago, I got to chat with the Brighton-based queen of self-care that is Donna Hay, who happens to be the founder of the UK's first non-fiction book subscription box for women that is Wild Woman, and someone that I've known and admired since very early on in She Can, She Did's story. From her thoughts on the dangers of the hashtag girlboss overnight success culture, how it led her to set unobtainable goals for Wild Woman's launch, and how she went about overcoming the defeatist mentality that followed when she didn't quite hit those goals post-launch, why her and her mum, who happens to now work for the business too, made the decision recently to switch off all paid advertising, to why she likens her business journey to that of being on a log flume specifically instead of a roller coaster. This chat with Donna came at the right time for me personally and is an interview that I know full well I'm going to be referring to countless times from now on, I am sure. As always, I really hope you enjoy it. I mean, there's so much I could ask you. I feel like I'm going to be really strict here because I know that I could happily just spend the rest of the afternoon chatting. But no, I'm going to put my game face on. Donna, what is Wild Woman all about in your own words? And we will go from there. Okay, so Wild Woman is the home of everything self-care, the home of everything personal development, like non-fiction book-wise. But Wild Woman is very much now becoming a way of life rather than just a brand so essentially we are like 
the elevator pitch, if you like, is that we are the UK's first non-fiction self-care subscription box. And we do gift boxes, we do subscription boxes, we do online courses now. But yeah, we're much more than that, really. I feel like now more than ever before, it's a business that's so needed. I feel 2020, like you could not be more of a fitting brand right now. Yeah, it's funny you say that because at the beginning of the year, you know, as with every year that goes by when you're running a business, it was like, well, what's going to happen this year? Like, you know, we had all these grand plans and we were launching our first reading and relaxation retreat. And then March came along and it was like, oh my God, we might not have a business by the end of this. But thankfully, touch wood for us, it continues and our business has grown in the last six well, the last year, it feels like we've been in this time for so long. <laughs> Doesn't it just, I feel like time is still, I was talking to the team earlier and we were saying like November is literally like a week away. I know. I don't understand. Yeah. I went to in a, an event and it was the 5th of November and I was like, Fifth, why does that ring a bell? And I was like, oh my God, it's Guy Fawkes. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? How are we here? But that's a whole different story. I mean, we will 100% come on to this year and how it's changed, but I want to go right back to the beginning. So Talk to me about where this idea came from, because I vaguely remember the story from when you spoke at the July Mingle and it's like stuck with me and it's super special. So go for it. Yeah. Okay. so I used to work in digital marketing. I worked for a big digital marketing agency and I'd always wanted this like Devil Wears Prada kind of career. Like I wanted to live in a high rise building with a big balcony and I wanted to like go to work every day in my Manolo's. That's how I wanted my life to be. I can't see that at all. That's so strange. I would never put you in that like category at all. No, now I'm like jump seat dungarees trainers. Here I am. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If anyone out there wants to buy me some Manolos, I will happily take them off you. Yeah, me too. Jeez. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really aspired to have that big. Well, I originally wanted a big career in fashion. Anyway, so I worked in digital marketing and I was pretty much nine till nine every day. Like I was in the office, I was working late, loved it, but then very quickly started to realize that actually outside of my work, I didn't really know who I was. So it was that thing where I'd meet someone new and they'd be like, oh, um, who are you essentially? Like introduce yourself. And I'd be like, oh, my name's Donna and I'm a digital marketing executive for a global agency. And they were like, right. And is there any other sort of <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, okay, this suddenly become my identity. And then alongside this, I was experiencing a real like difficult time in my life where as a family, we lost loads of our close members of the family in a short amount of time to various very quick illnesses, terminal illnesses, lots of things. So we were kind of like, the only way I can describe it is like a train of grief. It was like I was waiting at the station and the train pulled up and I thought it was like one carriage long and actually it was like 15 carriages long there was a lot of death going on and it just became like a bit of a miserable space to be in. Then within, I'd say the period of about nine months, this kind of went on for still working in the digital space and a friend of mine committed suicide, which was a huge wake up call for me because I never ever saw it coming, which obviously often with suicide is the case, you don't see it coming. And it just really suddenly made me realize that all I'd been doing was existing, wasn't really like living my life. And actually, with all of this grief that I'd experienced, I hadn't dealt with it at all. I hadn't processed it. And what I then started to recognize was that I'd completely detached myself from myself. 
like even now I can look back at photos of me in that time and it's like I don't even recognize who that person is because I was so detached my eyes were like really dull and just there was nothing really going on so I knew at that time that I didn't want to go and like sit in front of therapists and talk about everything so I literally googled alternative therapy in my local area (laughs) and um, I found this eight-week mindfulness meditation course and I was like great I can just go and sit in silence for eight weeks like I'm sure this will be good for me And it was so funny because I went along in yoga gear, fully expecting to be doing some stretching, some like downward dog, you know, (laughs) and I even had my yoga mat. And I remember like the rest of the class was like, is she in the wrong place? (laughs) Uh, Who is this? (laughs) So anyway, I quickly realized that meditation was not really about yoga. So then I did this eight week mindfulness meditation course. And I really just didn't, I really resented it for like the first five weeks. And then in about week five or six, I did this really amazing meditation. You know, I had the tingles in in my whole body and I really had this kind of out of body experience, I guess you could say. So I suddenly realized actually I feel much better and my mind feels a little bit less noisy and a bit more calm. So went through to the final eight weeks. And then at the end of that, my teacher gave me a book, which is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma if you haven't read it, it's incredible, like amazing book. And she just said to me, oh, I feel like you need to read this book. So I read it and I literally like inhaled it within like hours. And that book then basically sparked what had always been a passion for reading anyway, but I had always read fiction books. Aside from when I was about 11, I went on a trip to Florida with some family and I was in Walmart and I picked up the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Oh, yeah. That was the only kind of like dabble in nonfiction I'd ever had. I mean, I was only 11. I was reading these really horrifying like stories about people's lives. But I guess I was interested in people's lives. And anyway, so then after I'd read The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, I was in Waterstones on Amazon, like looking at all the self-development books and was just like reading, reading, reading so much. Then a friend of mine, because I was literally constantly talking about books to friends, One of my best friends was like, oh, you should start a book club. I feel like this would be really nice. You know, we could talk about these kind of books. We started the book club, or I started the book club, just in Brighton locally. And um, very quickly, the book club, it went from a chat to like a therapy session to like workshops and real like deep conversations and deep connections with other women. And then with my like marketing hat on, because at this point I'd stepped away from marketing and I was then a freelance consultant. I went to a subscription box marketing day. Oh, why? Yeah. Why did you step away? Was that just from that whole period? of Yeah. So I was just ready for a change. I was ready to, I just had a bit of a wake up call really that actually maybe this big shiny career was not what I wanted. Although I do still want that, but it's in a very different way now. Like it's not so Manolo, it's more welly boots and dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I had just decided to just take the leap basically. And it was by chance that actually on the way to my last ever staff Christmas party, I literally bumped into this woman on a really busy train and she said that she needed marketing help for her small business. And I was like, oh, well, I'm still technically employed, but I'm leaving. And would you be interested in coffee? And that's basically then how I started to get my clients for my freelance stuff. So I was doing that. And then, yeah, I went to this subscription box marketing event and I thought, wow, there's a huge gap in the market here for a box that's for women that's focused on self-care with the non-fiction book element to it. Maybe I could do that. 
this was like in the May and I went back to book club, presented the idea and I said to the girls at the book club, I don't have a clue what this is going to be called, but I'm thinking of doing this and I want you to all hold me accountable. It was the month that we were doing um, Big Magic. So we were all like planning something we were going to hold each other accountable for. And I said, I want you to hold me accountable that I'm going to launch this subscription box business, but I don't have a name. And they're like, okay, yep, we'll hold you accountable. The next month, this girl comes along back to book club and she's got this book with her, gives me the book and says, I feel like you need to read this. And it was the women who run with the wolves. I was like, oh, okay. And when I first started reading it, I thought, wow, this is an intense book. I'm not sure I'm ready for it. But something's just said to me, just persist with it and carry on. And for anyone that's read that book, it's basically essentially all about the wild woman. And I was like, wild woman, a wild woman is the essence of who we are underneath it all. And that's exactly what I wanted people to feel through receiving these gift boxes, which is how the name wild woman came about. And basically was like the final cherry on top of the cupcake that was growing for this business. So that's the very long story of how it's. I know, I love it. I literally, I've been listening to so many Glennon Doyle interviews at the moment and like, doesn't her book start with something about how she wrote Untamed because of going and seeing like a Labrador and a cheetah were running together. Yes. And it had been tamed to think that it was a Labrador and yeah. thinking that that's what women have been conditioned to. Yeah, that book, Untamed, is my book of 2020, like, incredible book. Yeah, no, the other night I couldn't sleep and I found myself on her page and there was just quotes and just how she writes and stuff. And I was like, oh, Glennon's good for 2020. Yeah, we all need a bit of Glennon in our life right now, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love the story behind how that's all come about. How did you, I mean, I always say, you know, there's a difference between thinking it's a good idea and then actually creating it, especially mm. with a subscription box where you've got to source all the different gifts that go in it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously get it out there for people to buy. So talk me through the process that actually went into getting the first product to market. Yeah, so once I'd got the idea... I did so much research on other boxes and I ordered loads of boxes and I looked at the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like. And I basically just started to have conversations with friends about what are the elements that you like and if you were to receive something, what would you like? And I decided that I wanted to like, I'm the kind of person that goes like all in. If I'm going to do something, I'm like, right, let's, we're doing this. Let's go for it. So I decided that I needed to create a bit of a launch plan and I needed to decide that I was committing to X amount of boxes. So I committed to 50 boxes and I was committed that the packaging was going to be perfect. Like I cannot tell you how long it took me to find the right box. It took me so long to find the right box. I was finally happy with. What did you want from it then? I wanted it to feel really luxurious and I wanted it to have an impact. We have stepped away from that box now because that's a more of a sustainable conscious choice that I'm going for now. But at the time, it was so new that I knew I needed something that was going to make a real impression. So it was basically a a gift box, like it was a lidded box and it was gold embossed. It was like really beautiful, very expensive, but really beautiful. So I committed to 50 and I decided that of those 50, I was then going to try and partner with a local snazzy hotel to do a launch event do a bit of a swap like I'll get some influencers there and take some nice pictures if I can have the space for free so we had a really nice launch event and everybody that came to that launch event so it was local press friends family influencers people that I'd kind of like met along the way on my journey and they all had a box which was great for like unboxing content 
but just kind of really created the buzz around it. I shared my story and why Wild Woman was in existence. And I also had decided that I needed to launch with a book where I felt like I already had a relationship with the publisher or the author. Mm. So when I launched the book club, because of course I didn't just see it as a project. I was like, this is going to be a business idea. (laughs) So I was straight on to all of the publishers, like emailing their info at email address yeah and pitching them with this big presentation about my book club and very quickly I was establishing relationships with publishers and along this time I had a really good relationship with Hay House they're a UK well they're global publisher but my surname's Hay so there seemed like a synergy there and I read one of their author books called The Goddess Revolution by someone called Mel Wells a really amazing book like every woman should read that book and I mean it should be in like the curriculum it's so good and um that kind of sparked a bit of my journey because through reading that book I then went on Mel's retreat in Bali and it was on the retreat that I was exploring this idea of a subscription box and she had said to me I think you should definitely make it happen it was you know really empowering and encouraging for me to make it happen and I said, well, have you got a new book coming out? (laughs) Could we partner up? And it just so happened that she was launching her new book in August 2018 when I had planned to launch Wild Woman. So the book that went into the first box was Mel's book. And because she had become a mentor, it was like a really special way to begin. I love how things like that align. I always think it's so strange, but like it always happens like that. Yeah, so it just felt like the right book to launch with. And obviously, I had the support of Mel, I had the support of Hay House, and it just felt like the right partnership. And Mm -hmm. then I had an existing freelance client I was working with that was like an interiors-based client, and they had these really cute prints that they'd done. So I said to them, oh, I'm launching this new business. Can I do a print in the box? So we did that. Mum and I, at this point, had also been to Spring Fair, which is like a trade show. It's a little bit like an adult's sweet shop because it's like full of these amazing stationary brands and books and it's just amazing. If you ever get the chance to go to Spring Fair, definitely go. Where is it? That's not one I've heard of. They're normally in Birmingham at the NEC. And we'd met a brand there that we really liked and they really liked the vision for Wild Woman. And, you know, we were very fortunate and lucky that everybody we partnered with, they didn't have like minimum order values at the time and they just very much came on the journey with us. Do you think that was down to the fact that you were quite proactive about putting yourself out there though and having those conversations and building those relationships? Because I always think there's something to be said for meeting the person and actually having a conversation and letting them know your story. Yeah. As opposed to just hoping they'll get it over via email or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like very much from the word go, I was all about going for the coffees, telling everyone, like it got to the point where I felt like I told my story about 500 times over. And it was like I was getting so bored of my own voice. Honestly, that's a story of my life. I have to consciously remind myself sometimes that some people haven't heard of it. Yeah. And I'm just so like, oh, but surely you know. Yeah, I know. You're like, what do you mean you don't know this? Really? I have to do this again? <laughs> so it was quite like that to begin with. And also because, as I already said, like I'm the kind of person that goes all in. I've got the marketing background. Well, I I wasn't just emailing the info at email address. Like I'd already got a signature and I'd already started building my Instagram following and I'd already put together a PDF presentation like I was going to be in that high rise building pitching about what my business was. And in some ways, whenever I pitch for anything, I always think about what am I impressed with? So if somebody pitches something to me, what impresses me? 
so that's exactly the approach that I took from the very beginning really and and always have so yeah there's definitely a lot as well that has been like a synchronistic thing like being in Bali meeting Hay House having the same the founder of Hay House was a lady called Louise Hay who sadly passed away now my middle name is Louise so you can imagine when I went for that first meeting with Hay House they were like are you sure you're not related? I was like, no, no, not related. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, so it was like the universe was definitely leading me that way. And interestingly, actually, I had a meeting with another Hay House author quite early on in the first stages of Wild Woman. And she is an astrologer. And she did my chart for me, my birth chart. And she told me that my destiny essentially was all to do with community, connection and books. So it felt like I was on the right path. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, I'm into all of that. In terms of that process, though, how long did it take from the minute you started those conversations right through to the finished box in August of 2018? So I actually found my original notebook the other day when I was moving offices of when it was just the book club, which used to be called Goes and Girls, which I love alliteration. And also I wanted it to be named after like a really strong woman. So I basically researched that there was a samurai warrior from like ancient times. Tomo goes and her name was. That's why it was called Goes and Girls. And on my notebook, it said Goes and Girls 2016. So I actually started this whole process two years before I launched Mm -hmm. Wild Woman, before I made a single penny from anything. Do you know what, though? I remember that Instagram handle. Now you've said that. I was like, oh, I feel like that was what your Instagram handle was, right? Yeah, that was it originally. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah. So two years of groundwork before you even had the box. And that's just sometimes the reality. Even back in 2018, people could have seen those influencers say at that hotel launch and yeah. just thought, oh, you know, Donna's smashing it like, like that's amazing. Yeah. But actually, it's all of the work that's gone in just for that launch. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think if I had have launched at any other time, I wouldn't have been ready for it. And I do think, like, I'm a big believer in fate and things are mapped out for you. And I just think I launched it at the right time because it was just the way that the chain reaction happened. If it happened any earlier, I just wouldn't have been ready for it. But I also was able to identify at that moment the opportunity arose. That was mine for the taking. And a bit like in Big Magic where... Elizabeth Gilbert in that book says about, you know, we all have often the same ideas and it's that person that takes it. Otherwise, in six months, a year, two years time, you might find that someone else has taken it. So I was like, I'm taking this. Yeah, it's mine, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I presume from ordering all of the boxes and seeing what other people were doing in in the similar space, Hmm. that that shaped your pricing strategy? Yeah. So the way that Actually, this is quite interesting because when I first was figuring out the pricing, I was obviously doing a lot of research into other boxes. And I also then had to do a bit of research as to what I knew the box would cost if I was working out trade price versus retail price and quantities and all of that. And I had a Saturday job when I was 15 in a small women's wear boutique and I was often involved in the buying process. So I knew what the general markup of things was. So that was handy. But I, very early on, I wanted it to be something that wasn't going to be a $9.99 Spotify kind of subscription. It was going to be a little bit more than most subscription boxes. What do they average at? I'm not really sure. I think for most in my research that I had done, 
was anywhere between sort of 10 to 20 pounds mm-hmm. was like your average for most of them. But I knew that because I wanted to feature mostly brand new releases for a brand new release book, you're looking at a hardback. So that's at least roughly 20 pounds. And I wanted to have like a magazine in there. I wanted to have a journal prompt in there. I wanted to have a tea in there. I wanted to have a snack in there and another gift. So very quickly, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to meet that margin and make any money if I'm just selling it at 20 pounds. So originally we had two different offerings, which was a 45 pound box and a 30 pound box. The 45 pound box, it wasn't cost effective enough. So we got rid of that quite early on. But the 30 pound box was before I'd even launched, it was actually met with a lot of this isn't going to work. No one's going to pay that. It's too much money. Coming from who? Who was saying that? Um, Friends, family, people's opinions that I was asking for in the wider community, other business owners. So I did kind of think, oh, maybe it is too much. But then I started to realize that actually I didn't want this to be a subscription box that was just going to pile up. I didn't want it to be like just another subscription that's not going to be used because there's such a stigma attached to reading self-help books, nonfiction books, however you want to categorize them, that if you read too many, it's bad for your mental health, which if you read too many and you just read them and put them on the shelf, then I do agree it can be bad for your mental health. But if you read them and you take it at your own pace and you do the work that's in them, you do the journaling and the exercises, then actually it has a very positive effect on your mental health. And I really wanted people to also, not only just because of the the book, I wanted people to make like a conscious choice about how they were going to spend their time when it arrived. So you know, like if you do, how could I liken it? If you do like a small ASOS order, for example, we do a small like clothing order. Yep, (laughs) sounds dreamy. It might be like it arrives, but you've just got one thing. So you just leave it there for a few days and you'll get to it. But if you do a whole haul, and you spend loads of money, you're like, oh my God, get me home. I can't wait to open the box and see what's inside. It's like Christmas. <laughs> and that's what I wanted Wild Woman to be. I wanted the postman to deliver the box and for people to be like, oh yes, you know, I've paid a good amount of money for this. I can't wait to see what's inside. I know it's going to be quality. I just wanted it to be the best it could be whilst still being accessible to everyone and still having quality goods. So I can relate that so much with the Mingle goodie bags in terms of making sure that it's that quantity, but also quality. Like so you have that special like feeling. Absolutely. And those goodie bags, by the way, are the best. I've never had a goodie bag as good. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for the return of them. (laughs) That's why I asked though about the whole pricing thing, because there's so much substance in that box. Mm. there's so much that goes beyond just the fact that the book and it is it's all that the feeling behind all of it as well isn't it and like yeah actually the book that comes with it how that can shape your life and the value of that you know when you talk about how much the books you've read have gone on to influence how you behave and stuff it's just that's the magic behind what you're doing right absolutely and I hope that that magic is felt you know across the board with everyone because that's the exact intention with it it is so important to have that time for ourselves there's a statistic that says women have on average 21 minutes to themselves every day 
on one side of the fence we could think 21 minutes is that all I mean I know you and I will both be the same in this fee that sometimes we're like 21 minutes uh more like one or 30 seconds <laughs> like the time that I wee is the time I have to myself that's it you know what they don't we were literally saying that as a team earlier we had a call about how when you're sometimes so busy I hate the word but when you your to-do list is just so overwhelming you sometimes forget to get up and get a glass of water or go to yeah. the loo until your like bladder's about to burst you're like oh yeah I should probably go to the loo yeah why do we do this I know why do we do it to ourselves exactly and that's something that I'm so passionate about encouraging people to do and it's also that 21 minutes can quickly get sucked into four hours of scrolling Mm. which I feel like is a whole nother conversation but oh god I could go off on a tangent about myself (laughs) it's very much like if something really lovely in the post arrives that you can engage in the community you can get involved in the Facebook stuff you can read the book you can enjoy the snack enjoy the tea do the journaling have a nice bath if it's a bath bomb in there or whatever it is you know so I always just stood my ground with the pricing and I always felt like well I would pay 30 pound for this so I'm going to price it at 30 pound and I'm going to just ignore what everyone else <laughs> and that has always also been a big thing for me that I've just made sure that as long as it feels good for me then it feels like the right decision for a business 100% I think one of the things that I've really noticed recently is just how much I think given like 2020 and just the uncertainty out there how I personally feel like a lot of what I'm seeing is looking to others to guide what you do with your business and I kind of feel like that gut instinct is just so powerful sometimes you don't need to follow every trend and tick all the boxes and it's just what do you think's right yeah Someone said to me really, really early on in my wild woman journey, when I was kind of like batting a lot of ideas around and I was working with a coach at the time. And she said to me, she was like, first off, you are the brand. So like you call the shots here. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want. You are the brand. Cause I wasn't going to be like part of the brand. I am not wild woman, but I have now somehow become wild woman, (laughs) which is fine. I have to lean into that. But also she said to me, because you are the brand and it's yours, just stay in your own lane. And I know that term is used so many times, but I say that phrase to myself so many times a day because when I get in my little comparison trap or should I do that or they've done that, so maybe we should do this. I'm like, no, just stay in my own lane, concentrate on my own vehicle and keep going. Honestly, one of my favorite things is, you know that phrase like don't be a sheep be a shepherd and I just think like it's like a just general life thing isn't it but in business you don't have to do everything just because everyone else is right it is just yeah staying in your lane whatever phrase you want to go for as long as it comes back to that trust your gut exactly do you know I think that's the same for like setting your own pace as well like we were just saying about feeling busy or whatever the only people in our business that define whether we're busy or not is ourselves. Yeah. We can just take the foot off the gas a bit if we want and we can just go into cruise control for a while because we all love a bit of cruise control. <laughs> Honestly, Donna, this chat's come at the right time. <laughs> I'm really interested to know from launching it, how it went, basically, and you know how it's evolved from the first few months of orders right through to now. Yeah. And your mindset throughout that evolution, I guess. It's definitely been an evolution. (laughs) 
it's also definitely been and continues to be the biggest it's not even a roller coaster for me the way that I like to I love analogies by the way like love them the way that I like to describe my business journey is more of an ongoing log flume because a roller coaster there's a lot to a roller coaster but a log flume is a little bit more a lot of anticipation yeah. And then a big moment at the top and then a massive crash and then a lot of <laughs> anticipation again. That for me has always been my business journey. Oh my God, I'm going to steal that now. <laughs> <laughs> From this podcast onwards, everyone's going to be like, oh, she's used a log flu thing again. <laughs> it's a good analogy though, it's isn't it? Yeah. I do pride myself on my analogies. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> in the beginning, and I actually found a video on my phone because I like video diaried everything. And I never shared it with anyone until our two-year anniversary. Yeah. And um, I was in bed and it was like, we've got five subscribers. Yay. <laughs> and now I look back at that and I think, oh my God, if I had five subscribers now, I'd be in the deep, dark depths of that down of the log flume, like really, <laughs> really depressed. <laughs> it's really good to obviously remember those moments because they were massive moments at the time. And we have been really lucky that, with our business I say our all the time because it is ours because my mum works with me full-time as well now even though it is my business it's also I couldn't do it without her so she's mother wild woman we've always been very lucky that every month we've grown and yeah some months that's only by two subscribers some months it's 15 20 25 we've never been a business that has grown by thousands or hundreds a month but that's because to be totally honest with you, on reflection, I don't think that we would necessarily be able to go at any other pace because this is the right pace for me and us. And I'm happy with that because it means that we have a lot more control over things. But in the beginning, I think I had this expectation that within the first four months, I was going to reach 300 subscribers. What ended up happening was that I was constantly striving for something that I wasn't really ready for very quickly we had loads of really good opportunities come our way from massive retailers that wanted us to basically sell subscriptions through their channels and you know we were doing these crazy spreadsheets of numbers and in the end I was like no like I don't want to do any of that yet I'm not ready for it so we have always grown every month because we've always grown slowly but I don't know what the um, phrase is about something that wins the race heron's tortoise Oh yeah, the hair and the daughters. Yeah. Do you know what, Donna? Again, I keep referencing the team, but every time the subscribers come through for us, we send little turtle emojis in our group chat. Oh my God. Honestly, I think there's so much pressure again on social media, on those quick wins, overnight success, mm. and it's all bull, like it really is. And yeah. I can relate to what you're saying so much right now. And we've been kind of just like having discussions about the importance of going at the pace it works because go too quick and if you don't have the systems in place and all of that yeah. it can be really dangerous so I take my hat off to you for walking away from the opportunities to go with those retailers because yeah. it can be so so tempting but like ultimately if you're not fitted out you know you're going to have a lot of disappointed people yeah it's really true because you do as soon as you start looking at numbers for anything like that or projections or forecasting for any big opportunities like that like you suddenly start thinking of the life-changing profit that that could bring you and what else could happen in your life as a consequence of that but I do believe that if that's meant for me then it will come it doesn't have to happen tomorrow or next year or in five years time 
it will come if I just carry on and keep going. And we've also, along the way, over the last two years, we've actually made a decision as a business very recently because we were always trying to do like every channel of marketing and we were always trying to do every business thing that you're meant to do or what they say you're meant to do all of the time. And then I was just finding that I didn't feel like I had a handle on anything. And quite often over the last two years, I've had those moments where I felt like, yep, I'm on top of everything. Everything's fine. Everything's flowing normally. And then suddenly I would get to the point where I did feel like either my to-do list was just ridiculous or I was losing sleep over, you know, the fact that I hadn't quite done this right or I'd done that wrong or whatever. And so now as a business, we've decided to just be more conscious about the way, not just conscious because of, you know, we use recyclable packaging or we don't have any plastic in the box, et cetera. Not just conscious from that perspective, but like conscious with the way that we run the business. So as I was saying about the topic about your phone, like I, having worked in digital marketing, I see the good and I see the bad and the really bloody ugly side of digital marketing. And so this has been a decision we've been thinking about for about 18 months. We've decided to turn off all paid advertising. So there's no more PPC. There's no more paid social ads. There's no more sponsored content. There's just no more because from a conscious perspective, first off, I don't have the time and the skill set really to be doing all of those things. And as I'm sure you probably know, Fee, and many of your listeners will know, you can get caught in a rabbit hole with that kind of stuff. And before you know it, you spent £500 on advertising. I've only ever heard reviews, but like, I've just never dabbled in it. But like, I'm really interested in this because it's like something, yeah, carry on basically. Yeah. <laughs> so many businesses are conditioned to do it, right? Which is fair enough. If you do it and it works for you, brilliant. But we were spending so much money on those ads, which is fine. Like there's marketing budget there for it and it's there for a reason. But we were getting like no real return on them or we were getting a return. But what was happening was that the life cycle of the subscriber was shrinking because they were dropping off very quickly. They were disengaged. So I'd much rather use that marketing budget in another area or use that to send five subscriptions to five women who maybe can't afford a subscription. And also, I don't want to be a brand that's based on mental well-being and positive well-being mental health, self-care. I don't want to be a brand that forces someone to make that decision, whether they want a box from us or not, or a course from us or not, because I want every purchase from Wild Woman to be one that's led with someone's heart, Mm. not just with a robot that's following them around being like, hiya, I'm still here. Oh, hiya, here I am again. Hiya, did you forget to buy me? So we've decided like, that's it. We're not doing it anymore. We had been thinking about it. And then mum and I watched The Social Dilemma together and we were like, absolutely turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because I don't know if you can run a product-based business without that stuff. I hope that you can because I'm very much going to be relying on word of mouth here and traditional forms of organic marketing. But it's interesting. It's also going to be interesting whether the likes of Facebook and Instagram start hiding my content because I'm not paying anyone money. Do you know what though, Donna, like, again, we have in all of these chats, I, I really genuinely think the social dilemma just confirmed what everyone's been thinking, right? And it yeah. was sort of like that kind of big slap in the face that we all needed. And it was like, okay, cool. 
we've been thinking about, like I said to you when you said about, do we want to run an ad in Wild Woman? I naturally thought that would meant like leaflets. And I'm, by the way, super happy about the magazine. So <laughs> thank you, I'll sort that out. But in terms of old school marketing, yeah. it doesn't have to be on social media. Yeah. And like when COVID's over, I'd happily right now go and stand in Euston Station and go and talk to people and hand out leaflets or go and stand outside a WeWork and do you know what I mean talk to women going in but obviously COVID's happening but I cannot wait for the day that that it becomes an option again yeah because I would happily walk away from all of that kind of the the yeah I just find it really strange that or not strange sad that we have to worry about things like whether our business would survive if we don't do paid campaigns yeah how mad is that I know and I also think as well it just goes back to setting your own expectations and the whole idea of growing slow but having the right customers yeah there was a quote that we saw the other day that was like the most powerful metric of growth is resilience not speed Mm. it's just that constant like you keep going and it yeah you know I don't know I personally feel like word of mouth and looking after your customers and doing things like gifting to people that can't afford it that is so powerful in the long run yeah yeah absolutely and I think I love that quote about resilience because I would say that's the biggest thing that I have learned I've learned to control my imposter syndrome dragon that occasionally rears its head I've learned to control that in a way now that I never thought I'd be able to do and I think that is because of resilience because I would say pretty much I mean, not everything that could ever go wrong in a business has happened for us. But there are times where I'm like, are you joking? Like, is this really being thrown at us? Like, how are we going to survive? But you just keep like, you know, like Dory, just keep swimming. Like you do, you just keep going. And somehow you come out the jet stream on the other side and you're like, I've arrived, I'm here. Like that turtle, like totally, dude. (laughs) Exactly, it comes back to the turtle again. So... You do have to have a lot of resilience, but also you can't expect to have that resilience overnight. Like a business is... Muscle, right? Yeah, it is a muscle and it's not all plain sailing and it hasn't been Mm. in any way, shape or form. Well, let's roll with that because, you know, I love my challenges. So those moments where you have thought, oh my gosh, you know, what do they look like? What's it involved? And talk us through, I suppose, the mindset when you were faced with those challenges and how you went about conquering them or overcoming them or if you're in the process of right now what does that look like yeah so there have definitely been moments where I have literally been like let's just quit let's just pack everything up sell everything and leave let's just not do this anymore it's too stressful but why what always happens why because I think in the beginning especially in the beginning when this would happen more often was because I'd set an un, un an unattainable unattainable yeah <laughs> expectation that I was going to get to this point at this point and I think that's because I was constantly someone that was always setting goals and I was setting goals that were like not smart at all they weren't achievable or and they're not based on anything right they're just based on like what the outcome looks like so like yeah. if I put this number in this spreadsheet that will go oh that's quite cool they were like right okay so I'm gonna launch this business in August I'm gonna be a multi-millionaire by December life's gonna be great <laughs> like that's just not gonna happen <laughs> do you know what I do honestly think that a big part of that was because when I first started thinking about launching a business I read so many books that were like the secret success stories of six-figure women or seven-figure women 
And that's all I was reading. I was reading all this stuff about all these women that were making millions, but I hadn't actually realized that it had taken them 20 years to get there or whatever. So I definitely set myself an unrealistic expectation. So I just was a bit defeatist and was like, well, it's not happening now, so it's never going to happen. You know, this is too difficult. And then there were times where I'd be like, do people actually want this? You question if people want it. You question why you're not growing at rates as other people are. And you think, well, then this is even a viable business. Could I go on Dragon's Den and would they invest? Do I want to get investment? Like there's all these things that constantly go around in your head. And there have been times where I've just cried for hours. And thank God I went with my mum because you know, <laughs> there have been times where she's had to be like, I don't know what to say to you right now, apart from just let you have a cry. Yeah, yeah. But every single time, I think it's gotten easier to turn it around. And I catch myself more in the moment now. Probably through some of the methods I've learned through meditation and mindfulness that I am a big believer. And I, some people think I'm like the queen of woo-woo, which is a title I will happily take because I, I love my crystals and my oracle cards and my signs and things. I don't believe that I'm here on this planet to fail at life because I do realize that I've been given a huge gift just by being on the planet. That's number one. I'm really happy to be here. And whatever happens in my business, whatever can go wrong, like it's not going to kill me. Honestly, that, literally that. I honestly tell myself that all the time. It's just that kind of perspective, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, especially at the minute with everything that's going on, I'm so grateful that I have my health and that I can sit in my office today and speak to you. And I think when you're having a really terrible day at work in your office, you do sometimes lose that perspective and you have to take a step outside and you have to just ground yourself back in the moment. And I think because I run a self-care based business, I have to practice what I preach and I have to remind myself of that all the time so I just do keep going and I just think I know I'm on the right path and I know I'm on the right track and I do truly believe that and I just believe that everything is just working out how it's meant to 100%. so some days are going to be shit and some days are going to be great <laughs> yeah no honestly I think perspective goes such a long way in those low points isn't it sometimes you just have to give yourself a little slap around the face and sort of remind yourself but it, it's hard sometimes like there are days like you say where it really does test you but that's what mums are for right you just have a big cry with your mum exactly let's talk about that then in terms of how this business has impacted your relationships with everyone around you yeah obviously working with your mum which is amazing yeah have you seen any relationships evolve for the better or worse as this business has taken off yeah so I have been very lucky that I wouldn't say any relationships have been worse off I mean along the way since I left school of course there's been those friendships that were really close when you were at school and they're not so much anymore but I used to see that as a bad thing but now I see that that actually we're just doing our own thing and I like to think that if any of those friends or relationships from my past if they ever really needed someone like of course I'd be there I'd be there for anyone that I've met in my life. Yeah it's not necessarily linked to the business is it that's just life. Exactly yeah so most well all of my relationships I'd say have gotten better because a I'm finally doing something that I love doing and I'm not moaning about sitting at my desk hating my job which I'm sure is really great especially for those who are closest to me like my mom my boyfriend my family and stuff 
it has also been difficult at times because when you care about something so much and somebody's not in it, it can be really hard to say like, I'm really sorry I can't come for dinner tonight because I'm stressed and I just don't feel like I can be present at dinner. And sometimes you feel like you are letting people down by saying no. But I think because it's almost like the people that know me treat wild women like my child. (laughs) And I'm not going to neglect my child. So I'm therefore not going to neglect my business. And also like a business is a business, like a business puts a roof over your head. Like it's not just something I'm doing for fun. Mm -hmm. So it is very much the same responsibility as a job. But I've just found that my relationship with people have strengthened because I have attracted more people into my life, you know, like you, Fee, that I never would have met you otherwise. And you end up meeting like new friends and people that you work with on like a business level and they do become your friends. And it's like your new little bubble of people, which I love that. I've met some amazing people. Yeah, I think like the people that you meet when you launch a business they're just amazing yeah and it's just like a shared mindset I think everyone's got different stories but you can tap into that mindset where it's just like ah they get it yeah I I always say it's a bit like you know two of my best friends have kids and they've naturally grown so much closer since having kids yeah because that's what they've got in common and it's such a massive part of their life and I always think it's the same with business owners yeah it's just a weird little journey you go on isn't it Yeah, it is. But again, like I'm so grateful to have met all of those people and also so grateful to the support from my friends and family because, you know, you can't do anything without your cheerleaders and your cheerleaders who are going to be there for you every single day. And let you cry. (laughs) And let you cry and just, you know, go and get you a McDonald's drive through when you really need one. Honestly, I feel like one thing from day one, I think you just need to know who I always call them my safety blanket, but like who you've got that are in your corner and you trust them no end. And then you look after those people in return. Yeah. Donna, rounding up, what has this all taught you about yourself from 2016 when you wrote about Guzz and Girls right through to now? What, what has the whole experience taught you about yourself as not just a business owner, but just as you as well? Um, that's a great question, by the way. I love that <laughs> question. It's taught me that I already knew who I was. I didn't need to go find myself at any point. And I never have needed to do that. I already knew who I was. And I think when I woke up to that is when my business has gotten better and my life's gotten better. And that I am a gift. I am a gift by being here and sharing my business and everything that I do with it is a gift also. But the biggest thing I think for me is that sometimes along the way, I've forgotten about my own strength and I've felt really weak and I felt like a disappointment and a failure. But every single day that I can like get up out of bed, pull the curtains, it makes me a little bit stronger every single day. And I've now become very resilient and very sure and trusting of myself and and the path that I'm on. So I do feel much stronger, I think, than I've ever felt before, especially in 2020, a year that I didn't think I'd feel like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I literally love that so, so much. I feel like I would naturally now go on to the statements, but given the fact that we've just mentioned 2020, I've completely skipped over COVID. How has this year played out for you? I mean, I remember I was supposed to be in Brighton for the March Mingle. Yeah. And some of the speakers and the guests were starting to write and say, you know, like, is this happening? Like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. 
right through to the lockdown, right through to where we are now, which is what mid October. Yeah, how it played out. So the beginning of the year was obviously as every new year is for me, like full of oh new year, I can't wait for what's to come. We were planning things. We decided as a business to move the business from home into a really small unit, which was tiny. It was very, very small, no windows, but I was so grateful to be out of my home and running it from somewhere else. So we did that right at the beginning of March, the first week of March. And obviously there was a lot that was being said about COVID, to be honest. I don't tend to read the news that much because I know for me personally it's not great for my mental health at times so I don't really read a lot of the news but of course I was starting to hear this COVID word batting around and I kept thinking oh that's not going to affect us it'll be fine that's China's problem that's Italy's problem like (laughs) (laughs) oh all those people in lockdown imagine that I mean that's not real life and then I thought oh maybe what happened was I started to see quite an increase in not on the high street orders for self-care gift boxes like our one-off collection of boxes and the notes the gift notes were you know I might not see you for a while and I, and I hope you're navigating through this time and I was thinking oh hang on a minute like something's definitely changing here so of course then I became a complete news fiend and was like every day I was tuning in for the daily update and then I just thought well we'll just have to wait and see if this is the end of the road for the business then I never really felt like it was the end of the road because I always thought it could just be a temporary closure for a bit until everything sorts itself out and then maybe we'll pick it up again whenever and of course I was worried about you know being self-employed about my own income and all of that stuff but I just kept going and just took every day as it came really and then my mum was she was actually staying with my brother at the time so she went into lockdown in Surrey with him and so then I made the decision to move everything out of our unit back home and just decided it was the safest place for me to be. Ran everything from the spare room, which it sounds really bittersweet, but I am grateful that we as a business have come out of this in a positive way because we have grown and we have grown quite substantially over the last sort of six months, seven months. And even though it was like chaos at home and I was packing these boxes by myself, I was ordering everything to get delivered at home. And, you know, there was the distancing thing. And how am I going to do a drop off at the post office? There was so much like I just figured it out as I went along, really. And every single day was different. And then once things, you know, started to ease off and and we came out of full lockdown, mum came back to work and we very quickly realized we needed to move space because we just didn't have space we didn't have enough space could we grown so much essentially within the first six weeks of us being at our original place we outgrew it and we had boxes everywhere then obviously we were at home then we moved back and we just realized that we needed to bite the bullet and do it which again is still a big risk because our rent here is so much more than it was at our other place and we still don't really know what's going to happen it still is a bit of a test this whole situation as, as it is for many businesses but we have continued to see the business grow. Is it a long lease? So our lease here is like a 30-day, we're quite lucky, it's a 30-day rolling. So worst case scenario, we would just have to go back home and make it work from there. But I think we're definitely determined that whatever happens, we will be able to offer some sort of product or service in some way, shape or form. I think that goes back to that resilience thing, doesn't it? It's sort of like the more challenges you go through, the more you know that even though you don't know what the next challenge will be, you'll know that you'll roll your sleeves up and find a way to deal with it, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And also we have had to pivot a bit in the business as well. You know, we had loads of in-person events planned and retreats planned and we had to turn all that off and find other ways to compensate for that income that we now weren't going to generate. So yes, yeah, it's just every day. It's like, oh, what might happen today? <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what though like I just think hats off and like I can see the office in the background now and it looks amazing it looks so professional oh thank you and you properly deserve it I always end on statements Donna so yeah. I'll start and I'd like you to finish please okay number one being my own boss means I get to live the life that I love mm-hmm. when it's not quite going to plan my advice would be to take a step back Give yourself 10 minutes to enjoy a hot cup of tea. Mm. Have a look at the sky or put your bare feet in the grass and then go back to your desk. Love that. Do you know what? It's actually really true. Like I think in lockdown when being in the flat and stuff, it is crazy. It sounds so stupid. But just literally making yourself a drink and going and sitting on the sofa and just being still. Yeah. Or no technology around you just having a, a drink yeah and you know one of my big things recently has been just to concentrate and feel my heartbeat through my chest yep because as long as my heart's still beating then I'm still living I'm here so so true few deep breaths you're all good yeah if I could describe myself as a businesswoman I'd say that I am a wild woman because there are definitely some wild moments <laughs> that are sometimes pretty ugly but I embrace it <laughs> love that so much if I could go back to day one of my business I'd tell myself you've got this you can do it and just keep going amazing and very lastly Donna I want my legacy to be that if you can dream it you can make it happen 100% amazing thank you so much I just relate to so much of that so um thank you oh I'm so (laughs) glad thank you Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you have a minute to spare and enjoyed it, of course, it would mean so much to me if you could please rate the podcast below or leave a review if you fancy being extra kind, as apparently it helps to give the series a little boost and helps other female founders and aspiring business owners to find it. For now, though, enjoy the rest of your day and please do look out for next week's episode. (music)